we're not even going to discuss what we're discussing. You're not introducing this episode. This is a female-centric episode. You know that it's true. You had to say it. Baby, I'm coming. Vaginismus. You want to make a fucking Christmas joke? It's Christmas. It's our Christmas special. Vaginismus. No, it's our Thanksgiving special. It's our Christmas special, which is why it's called Vaginismus. I didn't do any research. I only have a bunch of Christmas jokes. We're going to talk about Christmas sex and Santa Claus myths. Vaginismus. And so far, it's been two men talking about a issue that is... Not generally <laughs> experienced gonna, by gonna, men. I'm going to take a half step back here and um, introduce this episode from a different perspective. Much like we have our topics episodes um, that focus on specific talk it, top, top, topics. I love topics. talking points. <laughs> talking points. <laughs> um, Tacos. We have. So we, oh my gosh. So sorry. <laughs> like <laughs> y'all are in my head now, and I can't. Anyways. So this this time we're going to have a different kind of topic, and um, it's talking about sexual dysfunctions, which, frankly, I'm surprised we haven't really gotten to talk about a lot of these yet. Um, Sometimes kinks and fetishes are kind of born out of uh, different kinds of sexual dysfunctions, Um, but I think that this is kind of a really cool topic, and I have a little bit of a spiel, so you'll have to just, like, bear with me through this. Um, I'm going to define it for you. So sexual dysfunction is a sexual malfunction or sexual disorder. Um, It's a difficulty experienced by an individual or a couple during any stage of abnormal sexual activity, including a physical pleasure, desire, preference, arousal, or orgasm. So any of those things, if there's any kind of, of, you know, something not working right or working, um, you know, during that time, or there's some kind of issue, um, at any point that can fall into the area of sexual dysfunction. Yes. Is this going to include physical and psychological or yes. strictly one of the two? Okay. Uh, it about, can definitely be both. Yeah, but in particular, we're not talking about all of these, right? We're just talking about I'm just I'm just laying I'm just laying the groundwork yeah. for the entire you know how we have topics episodes? Yeah. I am laying the groundwork for all sexual dysfunction that we will talk about on this show. This is and topic sexual dysfunction. And yes, and we're going to get into um, the main one that we're going to talk about today, which is vaginismus. Vaginismus. So vaginismus. We do I can't say it. Introductions. I always feel weird being funny on an episode. Well, we, yeah. should, we should do introductions. I think we should. This is the last episode of our thanking cast show. Oh, it, it is. And so. <laughs> and this is our Thanksgiving episode. Thanksgiving's already happened. Okay. All right. So. Happy Thanksgiving. I think we should say what we're thankful for. We I'm should. thankful that the tide is turned. I'm Tommy. I think we should say what we're thankful for within the context of the show. I'm thankful for Dana. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for Dana because she does the research that I try to do. I don't. I just know if it's funny. I am thankful. I'm thankful for Tommy because he is. He brings an energy to the show that would otherwise not be here. And is a little zany sometimes, and I appreciate that. I'm our show's Henry Zabrowski. I am thankful that I don't believe that. You are our show's Mike Wazowski. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thankful for that joke, because that might be the funniest thing. Chris, I'm thankful that you and I feel very much the same way on a lot of pop culture and can have fascinating discussions when we disagree. 
I'm so thankful that both of y'all wanted to even start this podcast. Like, it just, it makes me so happy. You are the glue that holds it together. It was supposed to be a shock podcast that was honestly going to end up... It's supposed to be a shame podcast. We've talked about it earlier in the show. And it ended up being much more enlightening, and which is mostly all because of you. And it's completely... Aww. Two years in on a show that was just supposed to be shocking, we would still be here making fun of... Uh, Two years. A year? It's been a year and a half. Year 60, and a half? We're on episode 62. Dana, if we... 62 is a year and two months. Well, technically, if we... I mean, we did have... We have had breaks. So. I was saying something nice. Um, if it had been it, you... If it had been someone instead of you, we would just be sitting here making fun of bronies and laughing at Chris Chan. But we, we've... Uh, we've... You're bigger than that. We've You're become than we've that. Be, we've discovered a much more uh, harmonious way of going about, and I like the direction the show has gone on gone on under your wing. You've both become such good sexual justice warriors. Well, uh, there's not much. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to make a joke I, there. This definitely Damn it, bite. is a is a. are <laughs> such good SJWs as she was trying to say, and Tommy is trying to repel. I like to consider myself very PC. You've become very good, informed, sexual citizens who are sex positive. That's it. Yeah. I'll go with that. Let's move right into vaginismus. Let's talk about Thanksgiving episode. I, uh, I'm going to be completely honest. Usually I can guess what an episode's about when I only have one word. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Is vaginismus... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a fun little guess. Uh, is vaginismus something like endometriosis? No. It's a little bit different. Um, it has to do with the um, muscles surrounding um, the vagina and the... The cave. Like, basically, kind of all the way into anywhere... Anything that would be inserted into the vagina. So is it um, like... Uh, is it kind of like how, you know, sometimes you go into a cave and it's just, like, structurally sound and... and you see your own shadows but playing against the, the wall. here's the thing. The the cave says no. So this is more like the, so most vaginas are the cave from like any story, but this vagina is like, like the, the cave, cave from, from the descent. Jones. I would with the descent. You with Indiana Jones. The cave rejects those who inhabit it. <laughs> Basically, does it? It does it. Does it, it rejects any attempt at being inhabited. Okay, so it's more like the cave that Jesus was sealed. <laughs> no, because that's like a baby. No, no, no. Like when Jesus was laid to rest and they put that big old cir- circular rock in oh, front of him. It's it. sealing out be... everyone except for Jesus. Except... <laughs> oh, is that what this is about? Is that... Oh, <laughs> Jesus is too? Okay, no, listen, no, 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 no. listen. It's not a dysfunction. My vagina only accepts Jesus. Okay. Put so, a Eucharist in there. <laughs> Fuck me, Jesus. Before we make any more clever jokes, and I... Be it, that is very funny, and I very much like that. Um... Some I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you gotta let me just kind of air out. You just go for it. Here. Sexual dysfunctions happen occasionally for everybody, but for some these conditions are chronic or ever present. Uh, while we usually stick to topics of kink and fetish, it's important that we acknowledge that these other dysfunctions exist as well. Uh, they may or may not necessitate a visit to the doctor, or may affect the kind of pleasure a sexual experience can give. As we here at KinkCast work hard to do each week, we support everyone's pursuit of pleasure. Um, We encourage you to educate yourself. The more you know about some of these issues, the more you can learn about how to pursue pleasure and sexy fun by incorporating other ways and alternative tactics to use to reach the ultimate level of pleasure. 
Today's episode aims to talk about sexual dysfunction in open air because sometimes people feel ashamed of what their bodies do or don't do or have trouble doing. You aren't alone. You aren't doomed to a life devoid of satisfying sex. With as diverse and varied and complex and yet simple as pleasure is in regards to sex and sexual pleasure in the human body, there is really something amazing out there for everyone, regardless of functionality or ability. So huge shout out to our friend, um, friend of the show who recommended this very important topic for consideration. Um, You know who you are. They said that one of the biggest troubles with sexual dysfunction was the way that people talk or don't talk about it. Either people don't talk about it out of shame, ignorance, or discomfort, or when they do talk about sexual dysfunction, they say some really insensitive things or joke about it because they don't understand it. Or people can just generally be insensitive jerks about it. Well, kinksters, it's time to change the shame. It's time to address the stigma of sexual dysfunction and undo it. So ultimately, human bodies are weird. Let's be honest. Can I uh, do my introduction? Yeah. So, uh... We'll start with your name. We'll start with my name. I'm Tommy. Hi. Nice to be on the show again. Uh, How long have you been sober? No. So, on the right hand, there there's kink. And on the left hand, there is dysfunction. Right. I mean, like you said, you, you hit right on the, the head that... A lot of kink is born out of dysfunction mm-hmm. and overcoming dysfunction. Were you I, dabbing? I think... No, I was rubbing dab. my nose and then I was also <laughs> I think, bowing. I think I brought up on the show in like its first episode, its very first episode, and it's been one of the things that truly fascinated me when I was like 16, and it, it created my lifelong fascination with this, is the, the idea of... I saw some movie where a, a guy who was paralyzed from the neck down would hire call girls to lick his ears. And that was just the coolest thing in the world to me, and it began... What movie is that? It's called... It's clearly Gremlins, because it's the only movie scene. <laughs> no, but I cannot remember that I scene. I think it's called The Intouchables. The, it's something... It's not The Untouchables, but it's a French film okay. about a, a man who's a caretaker to a paralyzed man. And I, I just thought that was fascinating. But it, that is fetish born of dysfunction. Right. And I, I think a lot of folks have dysfunction on, on a, a one way or another. A part of, like, you, it came up earlier is I reject the term SJW, but I embrace the term PC. And I think that's yeah. a very good place to be in the sense of uh, as much as this camp has come under fire in recent years, I think when you can't joke about something, you have made it impossible to, to ever talk about whatsoever. Sure. And there is this notion that if you do not suffer from something, if you are not a member of a community, you especially cannot make jokes. And I especially reject that. And I'm not one of those assholes who's like, oh, anyone should be able to say the N-word. Like, mm-hmm. no. And, and I'm not sitting here making jokes about, you know, consent violation. But I, I do think it's okay to make jokes about this mm-hmm. in the sense of as long as it's not being cruel. Well, see, that's the thing. And I think that's what's funny about the way that we were approaching it is by talking about it as a cave and, you know, things like that. I think that's funny. But what becomes offensive is whenever you say, that girl has a dysfunctional vagina and it's basically like no matter what you try to put in it she's not gonna it's not gonna work so like i think that's different because it's like isolating somebody's specific issue well i think it's making some of fun of someone directly there's yeah there's like making light of something which is kind of what we were doing but there's also like downright offensive a great equivalency to this and and uh you know this could have honestly have its own episode is the micro penis Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so easy to make fun of the micro penis, and I'm sure I've done it a billion times on this mm-hmm. show. It's so easy to look at Ted Cruz and say, "Man, that guy must have a dick the size of a penny." Mm-hmm. Um, 
But there are genuinely, there are genuinely, genuinely people with micro penises, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that when they go out to the movies with their family, or with their wife, and they have to sit through a Will Ferrell movie, and Will Ferrell's wearing a prosthetic micro penis, I'm sure that it hurts their feelings. Right. And, and I'm sure that if someone went out to a movie and they had to deal with Will Ferrell or uh, who's the tiny man? John C. Riley. No, the tiny man. <laughs> He's very funny. He's Vern a, Troyer? He's, he's dead. Vern Troyer's dead. Uh, the tiny, the tiny comedian. He's a, he's an African American. Oh, Kevin Hart. Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart, the least funny man in the world. Yes, he's not very funny. But I'm sure that you know, if you had to go to a Kevin Hart movie and there was an entire bit about vaginismus, you'd feel targeted. Yeah. Uh, I know. Well, just... I mean, there's also like. It's something that's very common, premature ejaculation. Yeah. Yeah. Much well, more relatable to people than yeah. uh, micropenis. Well, and, and when we watch movies in popular culture, it's very often mm-hmm. that we put kinks onto deviance. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot of time we just had an episode about cuckolding. Mm-hmm. If you encounter cuckolding, it's you're going to be Hank Hill's our relatable protagonist. And while we're still supposed to laugh at Hank Hill, we are also supposed to laugh at the sexual deviant who would approach him for a cuckolding. Right. Or we're supposed to... Him watching a propane tank fuck his wife. (laughs) But uh, just as we put deviant, we put uh, kinks onto deviants, we put dysfunctions onto losers. And that's wrong. It it is wrong to assume that everyone who likes to jack off to something outside of vanilla sex is some kind of sex-crazed weirdo. Mm -hmm. Just as it is wrong to assume that someone who cannot participate in what we would consider normal sexuality because mm-hmm. of dysfunction is somehow broken or a loser or yes. pathetic. And that was the exact concern that was brought up by our listener who basically was like, I'm so tired of people making jokes or saying that, you know, somebody with a dysfunction like mine is um, sexually broken and can never ha- be happy or make anybody else happy. So the opening um, of the episode where I related a woman having this disorder to being the cave from The Descent from the film The Descent was extremely probably, yeah. hurtful. Well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, there's good natured jabbing. And that was, like I'm going to be honest, that kind of seems like that was bad natured okay, jabbing. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to apologize for what I said 10 minutes ago. Well, and it's interesting that so much focus when it comes to, um, sexual dysfunction is thought of like immediately we think of like okay you thought of micropenis i was thinking of erectile dysfunction that's i was thinking of premature ejaculation yeah exactly so we kind of all all immediately kind of associated that with like male problems people with penises like but it's interesting people who enjoy sex (laughs) well no but that goes back to the heteronormative (laughs) stereotype i'm gonna run before dana hits me (laughs) but no that that does go to to a heteronormative stalemate that a lot of folks go into is that Mm -hmm. The male enjoys sex because he gets hard, and that a woman is just there to endure. Mm-hmm. And and there there's even a, a stereotype that persists to this day that a woman who does not endure only has sex for social reasons or for social pleasure and does not actually. And we all fall into that. I mean, that exists, and I think that it still exists even on a subconscious level in a brain like mine, mm-hmm. where even though I know it's not true, even though I can scientifically prove it's not true, on some level there is this idea buried within our, our American culture that a woman who enjoys sex does so for social reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's simply not true. The vagina is a complex bundle of nerves that receives pleasure. Um, right, and, and muscles in this case. And there's a number of different disorders that a vagina can have. Endometriosis was one that I mentioned. I've known folks who suffered from endometriosis. Mm-hmm. That, is a, a that is a problem that uh, with the, the shedding of the skin. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like a constant period that's just a hurricane of pain and can completely ruin a sexual lifestyle. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that on a future episode as well. But there's lots, and there's lots of different ones that affect different women differently. There's some women um, who one... um, don't have lubrication. Right, yes. They, they, have to, they always have to have lubed sex mm-hmm. because they cannot properly become lubricated. Right. So there's lots of, there's lots of different ones. Um, and I'm glad that you mentioned a few others, but this one today, uh, vaginismus is a condition involving muscle spasm in the pelvic floor muscles. Um, it can make sex painful, difficult, or just downright impossible. Um, and even to like go to a gynecologist, um, to basically like you know, have a pelvic exam, which is basically where they use a speculum to like check everything out in there. Um, that one can become, you know, painful as well, or to use any kind of insertable toys, um, or, or tampons or anything else. Um, so basically, yeah. I I just wanted to ask off, off of the, uh, off the bat, if this is one strictly physical condition, or if there's a a variant in vaginismus where someone has a psychological block that doesn't allow the muscles, Mm -hmm. and there's also folks who just have muscle spasms and there's no psychology behind it whatsoever. Yeah, I'll definitely go into the types. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be either or. Yeah, there, there is psychological that, uh, some of the treatment is psychological. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of the treatment is physical, but a lot of the treatment that is physical is also trying to address psychological issues. It is very rare that it is a purely physical and there are surgeries that can be performed Mm -hmm. just in the case that it is purely physical because I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does. There are purely physical, but, uh, uh, the surgeries are very rare. Yeah. Extremely rare. Um, so let's talk about these muscles and what they do. Um, the pelvic floor muscles that are like literally like men and women have pelvic floor muscles, but, um, the ways, the way that, you know, men's floor muscles operate are very, very different than how women's do. Um, but they tighten because of it's a, a, it's an involuntary contraction, um, leading to muscle spasms, pain, and recoiling. The most common muscle group affected is the pub pubococcygus also known as the PC. I'm going to give you a C plus on that. I'm sorry, that was really bad. It's called you also passed. called the PC muscle group. Um, these muscles are responsible for urination, intercourse, orgasm, bowel, bowel movements, bowel movements, bowel movements, and childbirth. So it's literally all the muscles, like that big muscle group that basically holds everything together down there. I was uh, I once read in an article that if you imagine you were peeing somewhere and someone walked in the room and you would just stop peeing immediately, mm-hmm. what muscle would you flex? You flex that muscle, and that's the muscle we're talking about. That's the one. And, and that's this the one. is the point where everyone listening Every listener is flexing that muscle. Goes, oh. <laughs> that one. Oh. Let me just spend the next five minutes flexing that. And I believe once in Arrested Development, uh, Michael walked in on Lindsay and Tobias later in the same episode where they're watching a workout tape where they just flex that muscle. So they're just sitting there watching Charlie Kelly's mom from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Is the workout instructor, and they're just sitting there in a chair flexing that muscle <laughs> as a workout tape. For well, for guys that want this to be relatable, again, it is the muscle that keeps you from pain, so you can I think stop. It's the yourself. same muscle. It's the same one. It's the same muscle, uh, and it's the muscle that makes your dick like bounce up and down. Yes, mm-hmm. same one, same one. But um, it's it's interesting because that actual stretch, that actual movement, is called a kegel. Okay. Yeah, and if you've the heard elf? of that. 
No. Um, if you've heard of a Kegel, a Kegel, that's that's the same thing. Same muscle. It's strengthening the same muscle, which is something that's also very essential for older ladies. Um, a Kegel of barley wine. It's also essential for guys that want to keep themselves from ejaculating. Really? You can flex that muscle and that holds everything It makes your dick harder, I think. Uh, it's supposed oh. to keep your... It's supposed to keep you from coming. Oh, interesting. From ejaculating. Okay. Or to have better control. I, so enough yeah. penises. Also, you can just Sorry. punch yourself You're in the balls to do the same thing. Sometimes, because of this, um, anytime it's, like, touched, basically, those are, like, think about these as being kind of, like, around the walls of the vagina. Um, basically, anytime these little suckers get poked at all, sometimes they will seize up and basically just close um, and just lead to muscle spasms, pain, and sometimes even shortness of breath. Like people will like, <gasps> and they'll just like hold their breath for a second because it's, it hurts so much. Basically think of it as like permanent inflammation. No. And, and it's kind of like, um, it's the way you respond to tickling in certain situations, yeah. which we, we talk about tickling like it's silly, but there are some people who genuinely hate it and it can shut them down mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. yeah. So without treatment, this can actually lead to serious frustration, especially because, um, I don't know. It can it can get worse over time, mm-hmm. um, and with distress, and it can also, um, I don't know. There are treatments out there, but a lot of it. I guess we'll get into treatments in a second. But there are several types. Um, the first is primary vaginismus, which is um, a lifetime condition often experienced by women during their first attempt at discourse. So, oh, is that discourse? Intercourse. <laughs> Intercourse. Yeah. That's what I get for the first time that a woman has tried talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. So uh, this is a serious episode. Okay. <laughs> no, it's my fault. I'm so sorry, guys. Um. Anyways, so it's basically, sorry, discovered it during their first attempt at intercourse. The partner will be unable to insert anything at all into the vagina. A sensation like hitting a wall at the vaginal opening. Wouldn't a lot of folks have this first experience with a tampon? Yes. Okay. Yes. Or at the gynecologist or sometimes not even until sex. Or so, and sometimes they can get away with, you know, using a tampon or can go to um, a gynecological exam. Um, sometimes but, a finger will fit, but not a dick. Or yeah. A or, or something like that. But it's really, it, it, again, this can, I mean, this, this is a physical sensation as well as a psychological one. Um, but basically the sensation can be described like hitting a wall at the opening, like not at the top of the vagina, but literally at the opening of the the vagina like literally you cannot even get in there well because if you don't know a vagina well like uh like a a male might not a non-sexually aroused vagina is is a tight mechanism yeah if you imagine it with teeth uh, that's actually a good that's (laughs) That's actually his favorite thing uh vagina dentata is just fascinating to me i love it uh but if you imagine a vagina with teeth it actually makes a lot of these concepts easier mm-hmm. to explain they're close is it it's just a big old teeth bearing grin yeah it's smiling at you yeah um but not inviting kind of smile. it's 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 grimacing <laughs> yeah, yeah it's grimacing it's a big um, purple hairy thing <laughs> what oh, grimace from McDonald's. oh oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, some pussies are purple. I mean, it's it definitely happens. I had a I had a different visualization, but I'm not sure that it's really nice. But um, anyways, there's also secondary vaginismus, um, which develops after a woman has already experienced a normal sexual function. 
Um, it has not always been present. It can occur, occur at any stage of life, and it may not have happened before. Sometimes it's triggered by a specific event, including infection, menopause, a traumatic event, uh, development of a medical condition, depression, childbirth, or any kind of mental health issues. So, um, like depression. Like depression. That's a good one. Um, or PTSD, or you name it, like a lot of those things can trigger this exact same Sexual thing. Sexual trauma. Um, even if the underlying medical condition um, is corrected, sometimes if, it's, if it is a physical thing, even if it is corrected, the pain can continue even if the body has, if the body has become conditioned to respond this way. So even if it is like a medical thing and something hurts or something medically, um, even if they go and get surgery and things like that, sometimes the pain can get exist. It, it can continue to persist um, because the body has been conditioned like this way. Phantom pain. Yeah, sort of, kind of. Um, and then there's also global vaginismus. It's um, basically it's always present, and any object will trigger it. Um, doesn't matter what what it is, any kind of touching, any kind of anything. Um, in that particular area will trigger it to just basically hurt and or shut. Wow. Um, and that's literally how that work kind of works. Like a speculum or any of that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So like going to the gynecologist to get, you know, a normal every year checkup, um, basically is, is enough to make it or just hurt or not going not to put a tampon in. Yeah. Is yeah. terror. Yeah. Um, there's also situational vaginismus, which um, only occurs in certain situations. Maybe this happens during sex, but not gynecological exams or tampon use or any kind of insertable toy use. Maybe this is um, just during sex. Yeah, I actually, I remember reading a story when I was in psychology class in college. <gasps> you went but, to college? I know. There was a story about a girl who experienced vaginismus after her husband would use a certain kind of shampoo because <laughs> she had traumatic memories of an abuser with that shampoo. Wow, and, and just the smell was and enough. And when he used that shampoo, it affected her subconscious enough that it would cause this reaction. Oh and it does gosh. not always have yeah. to be associated with trauma. That, that, yeah. that, that's, I'm sure, a harmful stereotype. This can happen for mysterious physical reasons. It does not always have to be someone is depressed or because someone was abused in some way. It can be. Right. It does not have to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just kind of an interesting thing because, like... Your body just kind of, and it, it reminds me, I swear, there was a, poli- oh, I hate to bring politics into this. Bring it, bring um, it right in. There no. was some politician that was like, the body has a way yes. of shutting those I things down. I am actively avoiding that. <laughs> oh, no, have you? Yeah, I've, I've thought about making a joke about it, and it's like, no, this is a serious topic. But it's a very seriously well, fucked up thing that he said. Yes, yeah, it, it is. Really is. And that's why I did not want to address it whatsoever. And I think this is maybe what he had in his brain, incorrectly in his brain, whenever he was thinking about this. Um, but that's not exactly how this works. And this is not a thing that happens to all women or most women or anybody with a vagina. Like this is, this is not just a, um, a selective thing to be able to shut it down. Well, genitals um, are, but, they, they have to be sim- stimulated just like the, the brain has to be stimulated. Right. And that, that sometimes there's not a line up there. I mean, that's what makes it open. That's what makes it lubricate. Right. But what's weird about this... What, what am I... Did I say something I shouldn't have said? I don't know vaginas very well. See? Y'all all need to read a book called Inga... It's it's called Cunt. Um, and it's a fantastic book. And it's by Inga Musio. There's some very low-hanging fruit about reading that book on the subway, but I feel like our listeners are too smart for such an easy joke. Mm. What? Yeah, just listen to it on an audiobook. There you go. 
Listen to it, memorize it, send, send it to your friends. Give it to um, your mom. It's for anybody who has a vagina or, or your likes grandmother. them. Yeah, likes them. Okay, um, so there are some symptoms that I have a list of here. Uh, painful intercourse, penetration difficult or impossible, long-term sexual pain with or without a known cause, um, pain with tampon use, pain in gynecological exams, uh, general muscle spasms or breathing cessation during attempted intercourse. So literally like <gasps> like holding your breath, like, uh, I don't know. Does a muscle spasm mean a cramp? Um, it can mean that those muscles just move involuntarily because okay. the whole thing about the whole thing about this is that it's involuntary. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause a cramp is from dehydration. It's not Yeah. really. Yeah. Yes. I if, you, if you're cramping up, it's cause you don't have enough. What if I get old man in the sea hand mm-hmm. uh, where you're trying to catch a fish, but it just won't come in. So you just keep like trying to catch it for like days at a time and then it breaks the line. No. You go back home. Spoiler for the. Book, old man, let's see. I've wanted to go to a doctor for a long time. Sometimes my hand curls into a ball that I can't use. I should probably have seen a doctor sooner for this. But it happens to the old Crumble man in the tunnel? sea. I don't know. Vitamin deficiency? It's only my right hand. It'll crumple up into a ball and I won't be able to use my fingers. I'm, I'm imagining that but that's what happens to the vagina. It's not every goddamn day. Ouch. Um, there's also this pain, this particular pain that I'm talking about, um, can range from a mild to severe in nature and from discomfort to burning in sensation. So depending on if this is like a really bad like case of it, sometimes people, whenever they go to their gynecological exams, the doctor will touch them or, you know, anyway, in, in some way poke them and they basically just shriek because it just immediately has a sensation of pain um, or burning or discomfort. So um, this this is pretty serious. And it really, you can see how obviously this would be a hindrance when it comes to sex. Um, although it does not prevent people from becoming sexually aroused, they may become anxious about sexual intercourse. So they may try to avoid sex or vaginal penetration at all, which means that it's time for... Um, a alternative route to sexual pleasure. Clitoral stimulation. <gasps> Anal. <laughs> Ears. There you go. Titties, spelt with a D. <laughs> there are lots uh, of other Your ways. left hand instead of your right hand that is clenched up into a ball shape. <laughs> but uh, I, I imagine this does not impact clitoral stimulation in any way. You know, it doesn't say it does. So okay. that's kind of nice. Not like in every maybe, case, at least. Yeah. But if it does cause pain, then you can the, see where issues might occur. Right, but that's not... The the clit is going to be higher than and, the rest of the you, vagina. You did say that the, the muscles opening. could cause pain in and of themselves, right? Yes, but this may not be prolonged. It might just be upon touching it that they seize up. So you just, so, you'd have to be careful because it doesn't necessarily mean the person's not sexually active. Uh-huh. Just because they experience that pain doesn't mean it shuts them down. They can't have sex. I think, and I don't mean to keep relating it to balls. I know that that's probably sexist on no, some level. No, but another. you're trying to relate to it and I appreciate it. I think there are issues of people who experience testicular pain during intercourse and they just brunt through it because mm-hmm. the alternative is not having sex. Right. And so you hear stories of, of dudes who their balls hurt like there's a bee inside of them but they just ignore that pain and i'm sure there's women with vaginismus who they just get fingered or maybe they even experience the pain during intercourse but they just brunt through it and yeah. try and make it pass right everyone's going to be an individual i mean there's a bee inside of every ball mm-hmm. b-a-l-f 
Oh, oh, you did, you did, you did, you did it funny. You made a letter joke. And move on. Have you guys seen the Vine where the um, where the guy goes to uh, a therapy group for people who are afraid of insects, and he says, "Hi, I'm Michael with a B." And he goes, where? Where what? Where's the bee? There's a bee? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, oh, that's, that's funny. That's, that's it's funny. nice to take a break from <laughs> sexual dysfunction. All right. But um, there are some pretty common causes um, for this. It says it's basically can be caused by physical stressors. Emotional stress is also another one. Or both. Um, it can become anticipatory so that it happens because the person expects it to happen. So basically, like, kind of like if you think it's, it's going to hurt, yeah. if you think something's going to hurt, then it's going to hurt, you know? Um, so kind of like uh, one of those mind over matter kind of things. Yeah. Like, but in a bad way, like you think about something bad's going to happen and then it happens. Yeah, you're causing um, your own symptoms. Yeah, yeah, kind of to that extent. Um, but what's interesting is that some women, especially upon their first you know, real penetrative sex kind of experience. Um, they anticipate it hurting. Like you hear about like, oh, okay, you gotta you know, pop your cherry, you bleed a little bit on your first time, whatever. And then like after that, you're all good to go. It's not going to happen. It's not going to hurt as much. Um, Cause they always tell you like the first time you ever do this, it's going to hurt. And you're like, okay, but it's going to be worth it. Right. So it's kind of like strange if that, continues to happen. Like I'm constantly having pain every single time I have sex. So it's interesting to look at, um, the fact that this is a problem that exists beyond that first. I mean, even during that first kind of experience, wouldn't that be kind of strange? Like as guys, I can ask you guys as guys, wouldn't it be kind of strange? Like you go into have sex with someone for the very first time and it kind of hurts. Yeah. But it does kind of hurt. Yeah. Sex. But at what point do you realize maybe if they're trying to like push through and you're like, no, 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 no. Like you're obviously, this is obviously hurting you. Like, I don't know. As guys, what would you do at that point? Well, that's a very I mean, tricky Sorry. point. Yeah. I, but like, you have to understand that like, and, and that's what's so weird about sexual politics is a lot of times a woman losing her virginity is not a graceful experience. Right. And if it's not graceful for the woman, it, it brings up a lot of toxic emotions. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and shame and stigma. Yeah, and, and you know what? What has to be remembered is that you know not all sex is like it is in the movies or pornography. A lot of sex, I would say, most sex is bad. I would assume. I mean, it's, I mean, it's most, awkward. Most it's first uncomfortable. Time, most yeah. first time. Is, most is bad. Most sex to watch from an outside perspective is bad. Yeah, and I would say most people losing virginity, but off. you know. It's noisy. It's messy. And sex, sex can be and will be painful for men. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's sometimes tight. Sometimes it's not lubricated properly and it begins to burn. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of mind over over matter. I, I'm getting weirdly personal, so I feel a little bit gross. No, that's. But, I think you're speaking to a lot of people here. But but you know, um, I, I guess to lead this down to the point of it, it comes back to communication. Mm-hmm. It comes back to being communicative, and, and that's why. A huge tenet of sexual dysfunction is just accepting the fact that hookups are not going to be something that come easily to you because you're going to need a partner. You don't have to have a romantic partner. You don't have to get married. But to put this into my perspective, 
if I had a, if I had a, an applicable sexual dysfunction or if I was with a person who had this sexual dysfunction, mm-hmm. it's a matter of, all right, let's try this with a little bit of booze. Let's oh. try this with a little bit of, of weed. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we change environments, if that has any impact on this. Let's go slower. If let's that go kind faster. of lubricates the situation. <laughs> and, and, you know, I feel like, especially... <clears throat> you shouldn't be pouring booze into your vagina. <laughs> but, uh, but with endometriosis, I, I feel like, you know, this might fall in deaf ears of people who've tried everything. And it's frustrating when you've tried everything and you hear people give advice you've heard before. But I, I'm sure there's someone out there where it would easily be solved with change in environment or a toy or a chemical, mm-hmm. a substance. And there's this fear. There are people who are afraid to to try a drug. There are people who are afraid to try a toy or to try a product. Well, and there's no need to be. That's uh, uh, There's a lot of issues that are built around like the psychological aspect of this, where it's like, you, you think it's going to be painful, therefore it becomes painful. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's your mind. It's a psychosomatic. Your mind is reflecting upon the body and so trying even other circumstances might not help you you might have to do actual therapy to have actual steps like even taking substances might not help because you're not in a mind state Mm -hmm. where you are you're not in a positive mind state so you're you're in a set where you're like i i need to do this to make myself might make my body feel better mm-hmm. which might adversely affect your body and your mind state and all that stuff right but you know i i i don't mean to cut you off can i say something real mm-hmm. quick I, I think another point that that's important is that very few people try to experiment with sex that's outside of of standard penetration mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with being with someone and having a sexual encounter, even if it is a one night stand or a hookup type situation where it doesn't have to involve penetration. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like someone with vaginismus in a lot of circumstances could still enjoy oral sex and just being able to communicate that there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with, Hey, I, and that doesn't even have to go outside of vaginismus. And I don't mean to get gross and personal, but Sometimes it's really fucking nice to not have penetration, penetrative sex because you have to fuck with a lot of stuff and there's a lot of risk involved and sometimes it does get painful if it goes out along long enough and there's friction and it's a workout. Mm-hmm. Sometimes oral sex is just easy. I'm feeling gross. And I feel like it seems... Okay, this is just kind of a, an understanding, I guess. Usually people are like, oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but it always concludes by having penetrative sex, right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of like the... I don't want to say the main course, but, like, that's that's like the main show of the mm-hmm. thing, right? Like, you have all this other stuff. There's all these kind of alternative sexualities. But yeah. It's the way almost every fetish ends. Yeah, yeah, but you need to, I mean, it's like expected, I guess, yeah. for you to finish in penetrative sex. So when it comes to something like this, you just have to finish a different way. Like the rest of the show is all there, like all the different players and parts and things are there, but maybe you just need to shift the focus onto some other element. And it's that like can an be. Night Shyamalan movie. There's a twist. <laughs> There's a twist. But people Which I think is a good way to look at this. That, you know, every. People look at pornography and they assume that every single person with an alternative sexual lifestyle is buying t-shirts and going to clubs. Every single sexual relationship is a, is a snowflake. Mm-hmm. And in every single house and every single neighborhood, there are couples that have to adapt 
to not only their kinks, but their dysfunctions as well. Mm -hmm. And these are happy couples who are sexually fulfilled. They might be married. They might be gay. They might be just hooking up. Mm -hmm. There are sexual relationships everywhere, but because they communicate with one another, that communication is finding a way that works. For their being open-minded to new things. Because if you're going to be with anyone for any extended period of time, you're not going to line up one-to-one on any sex if you do. Congratulations. I'm sure yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, but like it it does take like communication of like oh I really like this and mm-hmm. no I I really don't like this as much. Can we focus on this stuff more and it's about making sacrifices where you can and about asking something from the other person where you can. And also I, I feel like relationship with the self. I this is such fucking bullshit being here as a man talking about advice for a woman with vaginismus. I feel like I definitely belong in a penalty box. But it, it's just it's a matter of being patient with oneself, mm-hmm. I imagine. But this might be something that you encounter. So it's important to kind of develop an understanding about it and like I guess I'm speaking generally about yeah. dysfunction. Oh okay. and so to take myself out of the penalty box of me telling a woman what to do. I'm going to say that this could go to someone of either gender or non-binary anything, Mm -hmm. is if you are experiencing a sexual dysfunction, there's nothing wrong with pursuing a partner. And again, I've gotten way too personal in this episode, and it feels a little bit gross. One time I did go on a date with a girl, and 15 minutes into the date... Just one? What? Date? What? Just one time you... I went on a... Just one girl? We never went on one date? We never went on another date. She was nice. It was a nice date. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Everyone else got me too. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck off. You've only been on one date? I went on one date. Ever? With... This bit's not worth it. Your bit's not worth it. Go ahead. I went on a date once with a girl. And she said, I'm about to tell you something. Me telling you this is not me saying we're going to fuck. I'm just letting you know something. If, mm-hmm. if it ever came down up on the road. I have a sexual dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And if you and I did engage in any kind of romantic relationship, it is something you'd have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it was just up front. And I, I, I feel like that's what it comes down to, is it, you have to that's find someone who's willing to be patient. People enjoy sex, and a dysfunction or a kink are not immediately going to kick them out to where they'll never talk to you again. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks out there, they even find pleasure in being able to find someone with a dysfunction. Um, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's someone out there with chronic vaginismus who's with someone with a micropenis. And they just gobble each other's giblets for fucking five hours, and they've got the best sex life on the planet. Was that offensive? I don't I think just, it was. I like the way that you came up I, with that. The term giblets. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... She, she has a cave that cannot be entered, and he has a lance that cannot penetrate. And so they both just are very sexy. I picture them just being a gorgeous couple. It's, it's the opposite of a, a unstoppable force meeting a movable yeah. object. Yeah. It's a, it's a I, don't, I don't even know what you describe that as. It's a light breeze on the dust. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's just people. People find each other nifty looking, and there's nothing slutty about. And I guess this is a very good point to have on this show. And there's nothing slutty about searching for a perfect partner, and you don't have to be fucking every potential partner. Mm-hmm. Is is especially if you have a unique kink that you have to have, or you have a dysfunction where you are going to require a partner who's very amorphous to your needs. There's nothing wrong with being open about that search and fuck anyone who's going to bully you for it. 
as Amen. long as you're not hurting anybody. Amen. I'm so glad that you kind of like put that into words the way you did because I feel like that was better than I could have probably really explained it. I'm just I'm really good at telling women what to do with their bodies. <laughs> how I about, how about you don't? It's my goal. It's my goal Tell to become a congressman. All right, and take a seat. Um, <laughs> take several. Um, Which yeah. congressman do you mold yourself after? No, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. John McCain. <laughs> oh, my. John McCain. God. Okay. All right. He was a cuck. Not going to touch that. Um, so there's several emotional triggers. I think I went through some of these. Fear, for example, pain of pain or pregnancy. Because that's a scary thing. Like, oh my gosh, if this penis literally goes into my vagina, I might get pregnant. Fear of pregnancy is a... A great reason to just not tense up and not be able to have sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Anxiety can be one about performance um, or because of guilt. Like, what if my vagina doesn't feel right? Or what if it's not perfect? Or... What if Jesus Christ comes down to, to earth mm-hmm. right now and throws, wads me into a ball and then throws me into hell through a basketball hoop? That reminds me of my first time I had sex. I was pretty sure I was going to get smoked. Wait, what? Are you in Space Jam? No, I was pretty sure I was going to get smoked on my way home. I remember driving home and thinking like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a lightning bolt that just comes out of the sky and just kills me. Didn't happen. Did you just think no one else was having sex? No. Or that every lightning strike was something? Did you not grow up in a household? I thought I was special. Did you not grow up in a household where any time that sex was mentioned on television or commercial, your mother ran into the room, kicked you in the shins, and said, no one's actually having sex? No one actually does that? No, I grew up watching Friends. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we grew up watching Friends, too, but my mom kicked me in the shins every single time there was any mention of sex. I just stop watching Friends, Yeah, that's every episode. We changed to Scrubs, and it was just the same problem. Yeah. Well, there are other triggers too. Like, well, um, at least he had a nurse that would always say, "You need Jesus." <laughs> yeah. There's also relationship problems. For example, having an abusive partner or feelings of vulnerability. Um, also, like once you give up the, you know, the the sex card, so to speak. Sometimes the relationship is a little bit different. Like once you actually have sex and you kind of seal the deal and we're dating and you have sex, it's like. <gasps> Like, the roles just kind of shifted a little bit. So sometimes that can cause trouble, too. Um, Also, traumatic life events, including a rape or history of abuse. Um, Also, childhood experiences, such as the portrayal of sex while growing up or exposure exposure to sexual images. Um, Because Lord knows, I don't know, how many of you guys, like, I mean, you watch sex or you watch porn for a long time and then you're like, okay, all right, I kind of know what to do. And it's like, oh, wait, if it doesn't pan out that way, I'm kind of embarrassed about how it panned out, you know? There's a lot of people who experience sexual dysfunction because they've only ever watched pornography. Mm -hmm. And the real thing is so much more awkward. Yeah. And you will never be 100% attracted to a partner. And a lot of the point of pornography is being able to stop on something that is so idealized and perfect lighting and timing. You will never be beautiful, that beautiful to yourself, and you'll never have a partner that beautiful. Maybe realistic expectations. I feel like yeah. realistic expectations are pretty important as well. Um, and then, of course, there's physical triggers. Um, cancer, uh, oh. lichen sclerosis, which is a real thing. Um, oh, that's when you get bitten by a werewolf and you turn into one? <laughs> lichen does mean... You know, that's not... 
Not far off, but I think this is spelled differently. Between um, progenitors that turns into a werewolf? <laughs> Vagina dentata. What is lichen therosis? I you Google it. Lichen sclerosis. 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 Um also urinary tract infections or yeast infections can cause serious um uh, what? I said she meant that literally. Oh. <laughs> Oh. UDI, UDs. Yeah, those can cause UDs like, aren't serious cutie. bad problems. They there. also can make your urine smell bad. Yeah. Um, also, childbirth, menopause, pelvic surgery, inadequate foreplay. Ding, 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 ding. Gotta have good foreplay. We could have an entire episode about how having a baby can ruin your sex life. Or can make it the best sex life you've ever had. I don't know. I've heard more to the former. <laughs> if uh, if you at home are listening closely in the background, someone is violently making a smoothie. And so lichen, you can cut this if you can't hear it. Lichen sclerosis is an uncommon condition that creates patchy white skin that appears thinner than normal. It usually affects the genital and anal areas. Anyone can get lichen sclerosis, but postmenopausal women are at a higher risk. Oh, that's terrifying. Your vagina does not turn into a werewolf. Or your asshole. I was really hoping to have a vagina that turned into a werewolf. Well, it has um, to be bitten by another vagina that's turned into a werewolf. Oh, how does that go about happening? Carefully. How does it by the light of a dark I, of a I, light bright I'm moon? Full surprised, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised by the that the person who is obsessed with vagina, vagina dentata does not know how. Okay, obsessed is a strong word. I have my go tos of things <laughs> that keep coming back. I really feel like this is another reason why we should get into erotic fanfic or like erotic uh writing like books because i feel like that would be a great story like how my (laughs) vagina became a werewolf does it like is it a is it a head is it like we keep saying a vagina is a werewolf what does that mean no it's a giant wolf wolf. yeah Yeah, i know what you're talking about (laughs) no it's your vagina turns into a whole wolf and you are being drugged behind it as it's pouncing that's fucked up that was just like a snout no, it's the whole bean. Oh, I'm just Sorry. picturing like the clitoris is just like a doggy nose well, and that teeth. Is another and some whiskers. <laughs> We're gonna have to and get it's into just it slobbering it everywhere. Um, yeah. Making Jeez. me feel a certain kind of way. But one, uh, there's two more kind of physical triggers I was going to mention, and that's insufficient vaginal lubrication, which you've already mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and then also medication side effects. So sometimes that can cause some serious inflammation um, on the downstairs area. So yeah, there's that. Um, There are some treatments available, and I think this is something that Chris probably looked into too. Uh, But to diagnose it, a doctor just literally has to check out your parts, um, do a pelvic examination, and um, depending on kind of what the case is, like, because I mean, there's so many different types and different kinds of cases here, um, it can be treated. um, but the aim of the treatment will be to reduce the automatic tightening of the muscles and the fear of pain and to deal with any other type of fear that might be related to the problem. Um, it can usually be a combo of the following. That's pelvic floor control exercises. So your classic Kegels. Kegels. Is alcohol recommended? No. As alcohol is never recommended as a medical treatment. Well, not no. medically recommended, but like in a romantic, not a, in a sexual in a foreplay kind of I mean, seduction foreplay. kind of... I could kind of see really how know. that is, because it's like a muscle relaxant. See, I was going to think, like, I know this isn't legal, but, like, I feel like weed could be very useful in this kind depends of a situation. Huh? Depends what state you're in. Okay, yeah, it depends like, on which state you're in. I am 
vehemently pro-legalization, and I think that the keeping weed illegal has been a way of suppressing lower classes and keeping racism alive, and as well as modern fucking slavery. So I unabashedly say that weed should be legal and can be used for medicinal purposes. You just have to be fucking safe about okay, it. Okay, so now that we're off that topic... I can talk about that for fucking days. Yes, we know. That's why I'm saying, <clears throat> now that we're off that topic... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's also a, a doctor's recommend uh, slowly stimulating yourself closer and closer to the vagina. Mm-hmm. Uh, so starting with like the outer thighs and moving closer uh and just keeping yourself in a relaxed mindset until like you can eventually penetrate yourself right yes that's exactly right um they call that reducing sensitivity to insertion give it a minute we'll take a break give it a minute we'll take a break give it a minute we'll take a break 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 this is an intermission song you gotta give it on I wanna Dana, you look like you have something to say. I do. Do you? So, um, Chris was commenting on reducing. Can't make that stilted. It's <laughs> <laughs> my natural reaction. That's from The Simpsons. Chris, Chris was talking about reducing um, sensitivity of that area by like basically practicing daily to kind of desensitize the area a little bit um, and kind of prepare for insertion. There's also um, insertion or dilation training, which we've talked about this when it comes to the anus too, right? We've talked Sharpies. about dilators. Um, so. Uh, you can use a plastic dilator or a cone-shaped insert. Um, if you can insert this without pain, the next step will be to leave it in for 10 to 15 minutes and then let the muscles kind of get used to the pressure of something being in there um, and then move into a larger insert. Um, and then eventually, hopefully, um, we'll be able to um, you know, use toys or things like that or eventually a partner. So um, there's all kinds of different ways to do this. Um, but that's more of the like the... I guess, physical manifestation of this. Um, there's also education and counseling. Um, sometimes like just not knowing enough about the way the anatomy is, um, can cause trouble. So just, you know, education. And then also, um, thinking about the sexual response cycle that your body goes through, like, okay, you're kind of, are thinking about sex okay you're getting turned on oh you're getting lubricated like oh you know you're the lips around the labia and things like that are starting to swell up and um you know with blood and so you're beginning to get more sensitive like just knowing about the process of response um during sexual arousal kind of is, is useful as well to kind of think through that process and know what the body is going through as it's preparing for sexual intercourse um and then of course emotional exercises um identifying exactly what the person is kind of coping with whenever it comes to their associations uh, with penetration and with sex. Um, So any emotional factors that might be contributing to this can be addressed as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that that about covers it. Um, One of the things I was going to say that actually has to deal with mental health, and I'll I'll get to you in one second, I'm sorry. Um, But uh, rumination is what I've been focused on a lot in my personal life. And I feel like this could be important to someone who's suffering from a more of the emotional aspect of vaginismus. Mm -hmm. That is just recognizing when you're caught in a looping thought. Because there's no, no circumstance where looping thought is good. And that is when you keep having the exact same series of thoughts in a chain reaction to where it can take you into a panic attack or even a dreamlike state. You can also have nightmares that work that way too, where it's just uh, looping rumination. Being able to have a name for it, Mm -hmm. 
is good and being able to have tactics of getting out of it is good and that might help someone with sexual dysfunction yeah an emotional safe word for yourself yeah an emotional safe word for when you can recognize that you are in non-progressive territory inside your own head well i think that's important to talk about because i think there's a lot of people that experience that and don't have a word for it yeah uh and so they everyone thinks that they're unique and everyone thinks that like their thoughts are unique you're sorry your thoughts are not unique almost everyone in the world experiences the same kind of thing and like just people don't talk about it so it's important to talk about it it's hard to put the shape of thoughts to words too yeah but it's important to have words that define it because when you can define something you can address it if you cannot define it yourself then you're unable to express it and address it Mm -hmm. but i think it's also important to talk about ultimately there is a surgical option for this as long as it's physical if it is physical and nothing else has worked like there is an option there is a surgical option Mm -hmm. it is the most extreme option it is the rarest option but it is sometimes necessary to bring it to the male equivalency once more there are situations where people will get a testicle removed because it's painful it makes sense uh going back to the mental health aspect of it um i had some sort of point that seems to be evading my head right now but uh don't ruminate on it part of part of what therapy is is therapy is not just there to solve problems it's also supposed to teach you the pattern of uh efficient problem solving and so if you are seeking therapy, you will learn ways to um, solve problems on your own after mm-hmm. enough time. And, and you can it, apply it that to sexuality. positive uh, coping mechanisms yes. instead of negative coping mechanisms, which most of us have adapted. Just as if you were having sexual dysfunction issues and you were with a patient partner, you would expect them to, to be forthright and communicative and, and work with you on, on trying to, to make sex work. You also need to give that to yourself as well. Mm-hmm. and uh, Give yourself an out. Give yourself an out and also just use the same coping methods you would use to try and get out of depression to, to you know treat your genitals the same way. Treat your genitals the same way you treat your depression if you're having some sort of sexual dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Have patience on yourself. If you're just sitting there being frustrated and thinking about how, fuck, this doesn't work and freaking out, of course it's not going to fucking work. Or be pleasurable. Or be pleasurable at all. Right. And, and so, so it's also important to have somebody who's your partner that's going to be supportive of you kind of working on this. And, and I think that, I don't know if it's been said on this show before, but a lot of folks only really think about sex and in a black or white sex, black and white sense of I go through life, sex sometimes kind of comes through my subconscious, mm-hmm. but when I focus on sex, I focus on sex and I'm done. It can be very healthy to sit down and focus on your sexuality without having a partner or without masturbating either to just focus on that aspect of your brain and, yeah, and communicate with it yeah right yeah self-care just being able to communicate with yourself and, and light think some about candles <laughs> no matter what it's always know. nice to have candles candles <laughs> solve all problems well i think that pretty much wraps it up are we pretty sure we've do we have products that one? we i don't have products what about those cones one? speculum <laughs> speculums genuinely you can get those those are great for self-discovery might have questions about where to get those cones because uh, i i oh, think oh i would I use a waffle them. cone if i didn't know better i will tell you what i did find please don't do that 
still um, has the ice cream in it. Oh my gosh. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> what flavor would you recommend? Rocky Road? Oh my gosh. Strawberry cheesecake? Oh my gosh. Okay, guess what? Rocky Road is only for anal. FetLife has resources for this. There we go. That they sounds do. good. And there are groups. The first one is called Vaginismus um, Support Group. Oh, do you want us to guess the numbers? Oh, it kind of feels improper on this <laughs> oh, one. Oh, yeah, it does kind of feel improper. Uh, 1,000. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay, I agree with you. This is kind of improper. So, but there is a support group available on um, FetLife. There's also another one that's called Sex Shouldn't Hurt, Managing Pelvic Pain, Allergies, and Nerve Damage, and more. So, um, that's it's amazing that even mm-hmm. on someplace like FetLife, there are resources for people with this condition, and they probably have a ton of different resources for things. Um, so, frankly, if somebody asked me where I could find, you know, where they could find more information or where they could find products and stuff, I would say go to check out that group on FetLife. Dana, can I ask a, uh, a very unknowledgeable question about vaginas? This can't be yes. about allergies. It is. Well, I, can I ask a question, Chris? Yeah. Could ask. someone... Uh, never shameful to ask. I'm no expert, but I will tell you what I know. Could someone think that they have vaginismus, but they really just have a latex allergy? Okay, <gasps> I thought you were going to ask about being allergic to dick. It's very possible. <laughs> no! God damn it. It's very possible, but the thing is with like... with Okay, this is just my assumption and my understanding of how any kind of vaginal reactions work. Is that it wouldn't be immediate like whenever you touch somebody on the vagina area or like inside the vagina like they would have an immediate response if they have vaginismus if they are just allergic to latex and like a condom like pushes through it's going to take a minute for the body to respond to that I, i think it would be important to ask someone who has vaginismus and someone else who also has Mm-hmm. A latex allergy, yeah. So that we could be able to compare and contrast sure. the two experiences, or someone who has both. Yeah. At the end of the day, don't take any of our advice. Go yeah. find an account from someone who actually has this. But that's what I would probably recommend. Is yeah. like, yeah, that. I think it would take more time for a latex latex allergy to like manifest. I just don't know. I'm not a scientist. Neither do I. Today I built oh. a chair rail. Hey, that's cool. Out of latex? Yes. It's a very ugly house. Did you try shoving it into your vagina? No. There's several issues with that. The first of which, and least of our concerns, is that it would have been inappropriate for the workplace. (laughs) (laughs) I was was waiting for you to say my vagina is currently um, experiencing a bout of uh, werewolfism. It's only on my heel. Oh, okay. Okay. It's a very hairy heel. Well, okay, folks, well, we hope that I, I hope at least that I was not terribly offensive on this episode. We would like to cover more sexual dysfunctions. Endometriosis would more or less be a, would be a very similar episode. Um, different. Part. It, it's a different. It's yeah. different. Micropenis, but micropenis and ED are very applicable to today's episode. And yeah. you know, premature ejaculation. Loving yourself is a very difficult thing to do, and well, especially I do that every night. Especially when bodies are so weird, like. I don't know. Like, we have bodies that, you know, parts of our bodies can fall asleep sometimes if you lay on them funny. You know, like... Um, We're meat prisons. We're in meat yeah, prisons. Yeah, Vaginas like, can fall asleep. I've heard that from girls before. I'm talking it's about, fascinating. like, if you lay on your arm funny, like, it freaking falls asleep and you can't count on it. It's no longer reliable as an arm. So, like, 
it eventually comes back, but like some of us have meat hands that everyone, curl into little old man in the sea ball. There you go. <laughs> everyone's everyone's bodies malfunction in funky ways. Sometimes it just takes a reboot. And but then other I mean, times I think that might be a nerve disorder. You should get that checked out. On top of the weird fucking body, we have weird fucking brains. Yeah. Nothing that control the, the meat prisons. And, and uh, fuck up the prisons. And the uh, marijuana being illegal is a way that the fascist state tries to keep okay. slavery legal in the 21st century. Well, I feel like on this one, regards in regards to the FDI, I think that we probably don't need to give it a rating. But we will say, um, definitely make sure that anyone that you're... Um, thinking about encountering or whatever, make sure that they're aware um, of your condition and maybe y'all can develop a, a funky, sexy alternative way to stimulate each other and ultimately find some really awesome pleasure. There's absolutely nothing unethical or wrong about approaching a potential partner and explaining the kind of sex life you could theoretically have. And that doesn't mean you're consenting to anything. Mm-hmm. And and I, I wish that's a thing that more people could wrap their head, heads around is theoretical sex partners is just being able to talk about what kind of sex life would it look like if we had one without necessarily meaning consent because that's something that's very frowned upon Mm -hmm. and it's rough for a lot of folks who are into i'm sure alternative sexual lifestyles or who have sexual dysfunction Mm -hmm. is it's improper to say hey what would this be like and that would count as harassment in a lot of cases too it's just being able to communicate about sex is a very difficult thing and there is no magic way to do it or make it easier. It's going to be complicated. The road to sex is always going to be messy. And like well, the highway to hell. That's why we have to stop the stigma and stop the um, the shame. Fight the shame. Fight the power. Fight the shame. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Um, next week, we have an awesome episode um, on... Wait, it's our Christmas episodes, right? Oh, God. We've got to have four Christmas episodes for... Kingle Crook. No, 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 no. Were you going to say Kringle Kink Cast? Yes. Kink Chris Kring Chris. I was trying to combine. Kink Girl. Yes, Kink Girl. Chris Kink Girl. (laughs) Thank you. That is my nickname. Fetish the Snowman works better than that, and that's not even good. Fetish the Snowman? That's better than Chris Kink Girl. Cast. Kink girl cast? Yes, yes. That's a K and a G next to each other. That doesn't work in Russian. <laughs> it does in our show. It does though. in KGB. So, uh, is it uh, Santa, Rudolph, Frosty? Which one are we doing? What's our first Christmas episode, Dana? We are not doing Christmas episodes. The schedule has been built for months. We change schedule sometimes. <laughs> Kink is the reason not for the anymore. season. Not anymore. Not since I typed kink it. Kink is the reason for the season. It's going to be our... Oh, uh, I like that. Why kink not Kinkmas? Kinkmas cast. Yeah. Yes. There you did. Uh, that's so That's what we call brainstorming, people. Tommy. God damn it. That's I'm sure that teamwork. all three of our listeners were yelling at their radio, Kinkmas. 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 I'm sure one of them thought Kring... Kringris Crest. You sound like John C. Riley is Dr. Steve Brule. But see, that's the thing. Christmas, there's more than one holiday going on right now. So, so we could do a bunch of them. Kwanzaa cast. Uh, now that's just offensive. How Quinza? about happy, 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 happy kink days. Happy kink days. Christmas has been... Hanukkah. We can do a Hanukkah cast. Here's my thing about Christmas. Hanukkah cast. 
Hannah Kinkas. See, she's already doing better portmanteaus than I do. Oh, happy holidays bullshit. Christmas is a pagan holiday. I don't. You can shoot me if you want. Christmas okay, is a we're not talking holiday. about that. We're just talking I have about other trying opinions. to be inclusive, Tommy. Well, everyone can feel inclusive under Christmas because it's a pagan fucking holiday towards capitalism. It's, no, it's nothing about Jesus anymore. I don't... Against capitalism? I'm pretty sure it drives no, capitalism. No, it, it is a capitalist holiday. Oh, anyway, yes, there's yes, nothing religious about it. We should still try to be inclusive to the people who... We should call it Madonna-mus because it's really just about the materialism. That was good. I like that. Thank you. All right, what's our next episode? What's our first Christmas special? Episode 63 next week is going to be acrotomophilia. Is that affection for Santa Claus? Acrotomophilia is amputee fetish. Oh, fuck yeah. That's metal. It's a black Christmas. Which, Which reindeer was that one? Rudolph after surgery. The, that's oh. not an appendage. A nose is an appendage. Is it? I can cut your nose off. I, I, I'm confused by this. Okay, we'll have to learn next week. Uh, if you want to contact us, don't. We don't want to hear from you. We don't care about <laughs> Please you. Please do. Oh, uh, do. And uh, Kinkcast used our uh, hashtag Kringcast. No, no. <laughs> uh, spell it however you want. We'll try to find it. <laughs> Send us a message on uh, Facebook um, at Kinkcast Podcast or Twitter at Kinkcast Podcast. Um, we definitely look at those and we love hearing from you guys. Also, don't forget to reach out to us on Gmail at KinkcastPodcast at gmail.com. And let you... us know what you're thankful for at hashtag. Oh, God. Thank Kinkcast. Thank if Kinkcast. you would like to uh, thank us or condemn us or respond to us in any way, if you'd also like some mozzarella sticks, please send me a message saying. That I specifically would like mozzarella sticks from King Cast, and I will find a way to hook up the first person with mozzarella sticks. I stand by this, one hundred percent. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week for episode sixty-three. Screencast.